0: Welcome to the
1: Maven's Do It Better podcast, and now your host, Heather Newman.
0: Hello, everyone. You are here with the Maven's Do It Better podcast, and today I am in Los Angeles, and we have a great friend and colleague in Long Beach, California, Zoe Nicholson. Zoe, say hi.
1: Hi,
0: everybody. So happy to be here. Awesome. So uh, Zoe and I met, oh, it's it'll be a year in January, uh, at the Into Action Art and Social Justice event here in Los Angeles in Chinatown. And uh, I met her standing in front of a piece of art, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and the rest is kind of history. <laughs> Oh, hey Zoe, maybe talk about the piece of art that you were standing in front of. And everybody, Zoe is, um, she's amazing. She's been an activist and a teacher and a lecturer and um, an actor and um, an active in politics and everything for many, many years. So she's, She's a maven of many, many things, and she's become um, very dear to me and teaching me about a lot of wonderful things in the world that I didn't know about and needed to be educated on. So um, I'm thrilled to have her on the show today. So Zoe, tell us about that piece of art that led us to meet.
1: Well, I'm even going to back you up one event before that. I, I seem to have the most amazing luck asking people to take my photograph when I'm at uh a yossi Sargent event, <laughs> because the very first one i went to so many years ago before marriage equality was the law of the land uh there was a show called manifest love and i thought there was just some gentleman working the shop the gift shop and i wow. went in and said will you come out here and take a picture of me i really like this logo and then when I got home, I found out it was the curator, of the producer of the entire show. Oh, wow. I had no idea. So <laughs> when I went over to you and I said, you know, this means, this banner means something to me. Uh, forward into light, forward out of darkness. It's an uh, old Quaker hymn that was used a great deal in the first wave of, of uh, the American women's movement. Um and uh, there it was. Although it was sort of funny because it was pink and rather gaudy, very uh, <laughs> 2018, uh, 2017. But I had, I just had to have my picture in front of it. And look who I went over and asked to take my picture. And and then we spoke for a moment. And all of a sudden, you call these people over, and we're, you know, sort of having this round table right in the middle of uh, an amazing exhibition. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, it was about uh, Inez Mill Holland, the woman who was on a white horse. Everybody knows there was a woman on a white horse at the head of the uh, the um, parade in nineteen thirteen going up Pennsylvania Avenue. But interesting, I look at the I look at the date today And uh, we're coming up right now on the anniversary of Inez's death. And she died right here in Los Angeles, the Samaritan Hospital Mm -hmm. in 1916 in November.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, I, that is one of the, one of like wonderful things that you've taught me a lot about, about Inez and Alice Paul. And I. And, you know, when I met Zoe, she had said, you know, we talked about I took a photo and she said, do you know what this is? And I and I said, no. And so (laughs) I know I'm like, I always admit when I don't know something, you know, and uh, and she was like, do you know who Alice Paul is? And I said, no. And um, it really made me um, look at, OK, you know, being a woman in the world and wanting to really understand our history in the United States more of, you know, I went to the Women's March two years ago and, you know, and we were like, well, that wasn't the first one. And I was like, tell me more about that as well, you know? And I think you and I ended up talking for about three hours that day.
1: It was, it was <laughs> astounding. Yes, I just, I surrendered. I just...
0: I was like I got you and I'm not letting you go Um, and it was great because Eleuthera my dear friend who brought me in you got to meet Eleuthera and then we talked with Gina Belafonte and a bunch of other folks and Yossi and that was super cool so yeah so you know with and I know that um, you're an Alice Paul scholar as well will you talk about Alice Paul and what it means to be a scholar of her work and all of that as well?
1: Well, I, I'm going to uh, tell you though one of the things that might ignite interest even more over than imaginable to think that the head of the largest suffrage organization, her name was Carrie Chapman Catt. Okay. She wanted to be president with the uh, pre- She wanted to be friends with President Wilson, and President Wilson probably is the second worst president we've ever had. <laughs> you can guess who the first is? <laughs> And uh, she wanted to have tea at the White House and get along with the party and everybody be lovely. And they had actually they used hankies. Their agendas and their calls to action were printed on hankies. And they were a lovely group of rather demure ladies. In 1909, the ship landed in New Jersey with with a New Jersey woman on board, a Quaker named Alice Paul. And she had served time, she had been taught, and she had been a a part of Mrs. Pankhurst's rise for suffrage in Great Britain.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And uh, a little-known fact that in July of 2009, uh, she was actually in class with Mrs. Pankhurst in Royal Albert Hall in London, and Mrs. Pankhurst was about to launch the beginning of real violence, mm, okay. the beginning of burning buildings and not caring about who was in the way. Wow. And two people got up and walked out and never went back. One of them is the Quaker woman from New Jersey, Alice Paul. The other one is a young barrister who was there studying in Oxford, whose name is Mohandas Gandhi. Wow. And they were in the same class, they've written about it, each of them independently. I have to tell you, when I find things like this, my head explodes. Well, you
0: just gave me goosebumps. So
1: (laughs) It's just so exciting. And, of course, we know that uh, Barrister Gandhi went on to practice the law in South Africa. Mm -hmm. And he did not start practicing nonviolent direct action until 10 years after Alice Paul. I also can tell you that Gandhi's longest fast was not as long as... fasting done by alice paul and almost nobody knows now i'm going to tell you something else to blow your mind about <laughs> alice paul please up until 1913 pennsylvania avenue was thought to be a street of office buildings mm. the first person to ever march ever on pennsylvania avenue to go to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to protest, to demonstrate, to ask the president for something, was Alice Paul. Nobody had ever done it before. So every time you see a march going up to the White House now, you might think, oh, that's interesting. What are they for? The Climate change? Are they there for Veterans Day? Why are they there? I think a woman started that and nobody knows it. Now I'm gonna circle back and tell you why nobody knows it. Because Mrs. Cat actually paid a woman whose name was Ida Harper to redact Alice out of the six volume set of the history of women's suffrage. Mrs. Cat was so unhappy, so embarrassed by Alice so upset that it was the invigoration of the march for suffrage of Alice Paul. She fought against it. She wrote Alice notes that said, I'm so sorry. She wrote President Wilson notes and said, Miss Paul is wrong, I'm so sorry. Don't. I, I, this is not how American women feel. But of course, it was the extreme agitation, the high-risk activism. The demonstration, serving time in prison, fasting, relentless, and finally burning the president in effigy in 1918, that, um, you know, the the president uh, went across the road to Congress and said, I am now supporting suffrage. I'm asking you to go ahead and pass this out to the states. And... um, Every day I think about that—that that there are people who spent their lives doing something, and another person goes back with whiteout, a gallon of whiteout, yeah, and 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 redacts them right out of history. It happens all the time, and it's maddening to a researcher. Just maddening.
0: Yeah, I suppose it makes it difficult to find. You know, I know you you have and collect a lot of information about Alice, but I think it obviously it makes it hard to find the truth or what happened or all of that that would be in an archive or that would be somewhere that you could get your hands on, right?
1: It's in a box. It's in a trunk. But I, and I can't tell you, the best inter, the best things I've ever found are either in articles mm. or I am fortunate that I, being 70, I actually know people who worked for her. Oh, okay was able to sit here at my desk and call people. Right. And uh, I'll tell you, the first time I went to her house at 144 Constitution Avenue, which is now a national park site for women's suffrage, mm. uh, the first time I went there years ago, I knocked on the door and a woman opened the door. I didn't know her, she didn't know me, and she said, why are you here? And I said, well, I'm in love with Alice Paul and I want to see <laughs> the house. Yeah. And uh, this woman said, "Well, I'm gonna cry." She said, <laughs> well, I was her intern. I'd like—I slept in this house. What? And I would like to give you a tour myself. Wow. And uh, I have a YouTube of this. It's just oh, you a- do? Okay. I, I've never—I've <laughs> never used a flip camera before.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. This,
1: this is, oh, I don't know, it ten years ago, nine years right. ago? Right, I had
0: one of those, I, yep.
1: <laughs> I think now that they uh, recorded sound.
0: Oh, okay. So right. I'm
1: holding it, and I'm, I'm taking a picture, a sweeping video of Alice's bedroom, the four-poster bed, and the desk where she rode, and, and I'm crying.
0: Oh, Oh, so you can hear you weeping
1: (laughs) on it, it too? Yeah, instead of narrating what we're looking at, because I didn't know it was going to catch audio. Right. Uh, It was me blubbering. Well. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that was my first event, and and I've been there many times, and they've been very good to me. They've given me full access to the library there. I think probably one of the greatest moments of my life was walking into Alice's library Mm. finding my book. What? And when I found my book in that library, I mean that's a moment.
0: Yeah, for sure. Is it the is it uh, the one about the Hung Heart? Heart. Yeah,
1: Yeah. by summer of 1982.
0: Yeah, yeah, that book. um, Everyone details uh, Zoe and is it seven, six or seven other women? Seven. Seven other women who. Um, fasted um, at the state of Illinois Congress uh, to see if we could get the Equal Rights Amendment passed in that state, which if you've been paying attention, we know that that happened this year, which is a big deal. I know you and I talking about it, how, what a event that was for you, having had that experience with those women um, there. Do you, will you talk about sort of what the passing of that has meant to you?
1: Well, it, it, it's, uh, it's um, well, it failed miserably. Right. Yes. Uh, it was uh, June
0: 27,
1: 1982, wow, and Illinois did not vote to pass the amendment. Mm-hmm. An amendment goes out to the states and a, a supermajority has to pass it, in this case 38. Mm-hmm. And it failed, and that was pretty much it. And the deadline was July 1st. Hmm. But a bit of history almost no one knows is that all of the amendments, only this one had a deadline.
0: Of every amendment ever?
1: Well, one other one did. Okay. The rest were open-ended. They could take as long as they liked. Right. So now I'm going to tell you one of my favorite stories about Alice, uh, Well, on the phone, I was talking to a woman who uh, was part of, was in the hearings. She was a witness in the hearings for the ERA in
0: 1971.
1: Okay. And I'm on the phone with her, and and I'm saying, why did they ask you? And she said, I don't really know, I was a college girl, and we were college girls, and they invited us to give uh, testimony about the importance of being in the Constitution. But when they finally voted yes. Uh, We ran to Alice's house because Alice's house is very close to the United States Congress and the Judiciary Committee Just like the one we just saw with the hearings with Kavanaugh the Judiciary Committee Voted to send it up for a vote and send it out to the states So they ran to tell Alice and Alice had only one question Mm -hmm. Was there a deadline? And uh, she said, yes, there was. And Alice Paul in 1971 said, it will never pass. Wow. Because they know the only thing they have to do is choke that last state by the deadline. Right. And if there was no deadline, it was open-ended. Right. It would just be a collection. We could go state to state as, as colors change. We're all about that now. Aren't we watching colors change in the states? Right. And uh, Alice knew it would make it easily if there was no deadline, but there was.
0: Huh.
1: And when I asked, uh, the, I was talking to a woman named Bernice Sandler, the mother, actually, who's the mother of Title IX. I asked her, so why didn't they call on Alice Paul? Mm-hmm. Why wasn't Alice giving testimony? She wrote it in 1923. Right. Why didn't they invite her? She was just a few blocks away. And uh, Dr. Sandler started to cry audibly, we're on the phone, and she said, Zoe, because we just all thought she was an old lady in a wheelchair. Oh. Of course we just thought she was an old lady.
0: Right.
1: You know, she was, at that time, 86. Hmm. And uh, they never thought to invite the author of the Equal Rights Amendment to congress to talk about it so you know I, I, that's something you can't learn in a book that's something you learn on the phone talking to somebody that that knew her that was part of her life that walked with her and uh, or sat in her house or or slept in her house right. so i've been really fortunate to be of that between age she was born in 1885, and I was born in 1948. So I, I still, there are still some women alive who knew her, who talked to her, right. who were part of her life, and I've been able to know that. She was relentless, and uh, I'm going to, like, scoop to the end uh, story because it's so fabulous. Her 92nd birthday was coming up. Mm. She was in a Quaker retirement home in Pennsylvania and uh, she got word that Betty Ford was going to call her on her birthday oh wow and she 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 was worried that the story goes i have photographs of this actually the story goes that she told the caretakers now you got to wheel my chair over so i can be sure that the pay phone i can reach the receiver <laughs> from my chair and they tested it right and she got up that morning. She, they did her hair. Oh. And they did her lipstick. Yeah. And she has this quilt over her legs that says ERA on it. Wow. And the phone rings, and Mrs. Ford says, "Happy birthday, Alice." And Alice says, "Thank you so much, but do you think you could ask your husband about the equal rights amendment?" <laughs> And uh, it's just astounding. Yeah. You know, she left us about six months after that, Uh but she never stopped, ever. It was not a day. She didn't retire. She didn't go home. She didn't say, we got the boat, everybody. Right. Let's lay back and take it easy. She never gave up. Yeah. And uh, being 70... You know I, the idea that I have another 22 years of work inside of me. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Happy birthday, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I know. I knew that, but everyone else, yeah. Zoe so just turned 70, and what I so many things I love about you, but I think it is being someone. I was born in 1971, so like that's you know when say those numbers to me, I think about that, and I think about your passion and what drives you, and I, it's really inspiring to watch what you do in the world and be a part of it and to witness and to help amplify that because I think it's really important. So, yeah. And Alice, you know, fist in the air with quilt on knees, you know?
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Just fantastic.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, we're going to talk to Zoe over time, over bits in podcasts. And so... There is we could be on the phone and podcasting for like 12 hours with her easily if not 120 so <laughs> but um, one of the things I also wanted to have you talk about a little bit is you've had this really kind of major thing happen recently that you called me and you're like, I have to tell you something. And I was like, what? And, um, really exciting. And, um, you know, there's a lot going on these days because of our political climate, uh, the women's movement, the Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter, all all of these things. And, you know, we just had our midterm elections and and all of that. And, you know, we're looking towards the hundred year anniversary of the 19th amendment and, um, lots of motion around that in the world, with different organizations and, and things happening um, because of that, leading to that August 2020 date. And um, I, I wanted you to share with everybody, because I think I want people to tune in to what's happening and something that beautiful that's happening with you that is, I think, so well-deserved and about darn time. I was going to swear. But anyway, um, will you tell everybody a little bit about um, sure.
1: that? Sure. You know, uh, I, I'm really... Really inventive. <laughs> I'll <Yes>. try anything. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's amazing. If you had an hour, we could just talk about all the things I've tried that never went anywhere. Hmm. Um, I remember sending a publisher a, a floppy disk that I made on my Apple IIc. Oh, yeah. That would take a kid's name and, and place it in a storybook. Mm. So if your kid's name was Monica, you know the storybook would come out of the dot matrix printer with Monica <laughs> in it, and, uh, and and the letter I got back said, "I hope nothing like this ever happens." Wow! Uh, books are books, and they shouldn't be tampered with. And I mean, yeah, I was being chastised for this rather what we think of now a, a small idea at the time. It right. was uh, outrageous. So, about 11 months ago, 10 months ago, I saw a little notice on Instagram to apply for the possibility of meeting somebody from your past that you'd been looking for, that actually it had been an historical event that you had shared. So, I filled it out, and honestly, I forgot all about it. (laughs) Honestly, six weeks later... I got invited to Skype with a film producer, director, editor, three different people, and they were all sitting in front of the Skype machine. And I, they interviewed me for about 90 minutes and uh, said, thank you very much. And that was that. And I didn't know what was going to happen. Well, then in March, I got an official email telling me that I had been selected to be one of the 12 people in this season's so, we'll meet again with Anne Curry. Amazing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was in March, and then April, May. I, I, every day there would be more requests. More. I need a photograph of this. I need a photograph of that. Would you answer these questions? What did you do then? We need a resume. Where did you go to school? It was nonstop, and and I was sworn to secrecy. Right. So, I'm not, you know, I, I like to tell people everything.
0: Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you can't, and I'm not asking for that, of course. But I, but I
1: mean, even then, I couldn't even tell people I was chosen, right? Right. So, uh, then in June, I got the scariest thing. I had to sign a piece of paper that said I would be available for 14 days with no interruptions. Wow. Which means no pets, no children, no... Mm-hmm. Going to market, no nothing, 14 days, (laughs) nothing else. And uh, I'm so fortunate that I have a life that allows such a thing. Sure. And I said yes. And then uh, they gave me a date of when they were going to show up. And uh, then they would text me. This is really astounding. They would text me at night and tell me where I was going the next day.
0: Wow. That's on the fly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'm not that spontaneous a person. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, the first thing I didn't meet them until Springfield, Illinois, and they flew me to Springfield. And on August 31st, I left Long Beach and flew to Springfield. And for the very first time, I walked into the rotunda of the Springfield house and wow. uh, stood where I had been, you know, for 40 days with Phyllis Schlafly. And, n-o-w and right all of the mayhem betty ford uh, uh was there all the mayhem of the equal rights amendment and uh so they shot for 14 days and lo and behold i i don't you know i suppose it means something i don't know what it means but my episode is the finale yes it's, uh two ladies uh are being featured myself and the woman who um is the first woman I believe who began as a stewardess and ended up actually being a pilot of a jetliner. Oh wow! And uh, so they interweave two stories, and mm-hmm. the final one airs on uh, January a Tuesday, January eighth, and it's we'll meet again with Anne Curry. And this one particular show is about women. Yeah. And uh, just because I'm obsessive, I know you'll understand everybody who's listening to me, you'll know why I'm saying this, that um, it's just three days before Alice Paul's birthday.
0: Ah, uh, that's... Her birthday
1: is January
0: 11th. Okay, excellent timing. And, you know, we've got, there's lots of things in January happening around women's marches and women's movements and all of that, too, so I think... Yes,
1: the house will sit down. Yes, his penis will be sent, and things will
0: happen. <laughs> Yay! Yay, absolutely. So, yeah, so everyone, uh, you know, Zoe and I have been talking a long time, and we we often meet and go walk on the beach and talk about things, and she's been so generous with her time with me and her beautiful history with me, and um, I really wanted to bring her onto the show and also invite her on more so that we can get more of her amazing work in the world that she's done for 70 years. And uh, since she first drew breath, because <laughs> I, I know agree. Yeah.
1: I at that moment. Yes.
0: <laughs> certainly, yes. So from the stories I've heard, so um, I think for today, we're going to, I want to close out and, and say thank you and invite everyone to keep an eye on the podcast um, for more with Zoe, more maybe more tea with Zoe. Yes, and 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 talk about that a little bit too before we, before we uh, end. Well, so. tea
1: is code for revolution. <laughs> if you know your American history. You know that every revolution we had centered around tea. Yes, it's uh, been really integral to all of us seeking liberation from whatever country at whatever time. For some reason, tea comes into play. It must be a medicinal plant. The indigenous people could probably explain that to us.
0: Sure, yeah. So one of the things Zoe does, a myriad of different things, but she has this beautiful one-woman show that's called Tea with Alice and Me, and that is Alice Paul, which I got to see last year um, down in Long Beach. And, um, it's something that she does and she, she's brilliant. I mean, you can hear her. She's brilliant at lecturing and history and stuff. And so one of the things that she does is that one woman show. So those of you who listen to me, I know that I'm a theater major and all of that, that, you know, coming around in this year, you know, Tea with Alice and Me could be a really great thing to bring into a uh, university or college or, or one of you know your groups that are interested in women's history and U.S. history and all of that stuff. And so that's you can check all that stuff out online at her site, which is zoenicholson.com. And um, yeah, and uh, we're going to talk more about all of these fun things with her um, as we go along on the Maven's Do It Better podcast. So um and be sure we're gonna I want to do some like viewing parties on January 8th to check out this awesome event that's gonna happen and um, I'm so excited for you for that and for so many things but um, I just wanted to say thank you for being a really amazing force in my life and a friend and and saying yes to this and um excited to hear more from you on lots of things so welcome <laughs> let's rock okay let's rock it <laughs> Time's wasted, uh, for sure. All right, everyone. That is uh, the latest episode of Maven's Do It Better. Have a lovely day and keep on keeping on. Cheers. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.